0: Section 60 of Old Rail Fence Corners This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano Old Rail Fence Corners Edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris. Monument Chapter. Minneapolis. Mary Frances Partridge. Mrs. M. E. Partridge. Anna McFarlane Torrance. Mrs. L. Torrance. Mrs. Mary E. Partridge. 1854. The pioneers were brave souls, able to cope with emergencies of many kinds in them the adage was verified as thy days so shall thy strength be in eighteen fifty four i left wisconsin a bride with my husband to begin life on a government claim in minnesota as we passed through what is now the beautiful city of faribault there was only one frame house which belonged to a half-breed from whom the town was named we settled eight miles beyond in the township of medford in a small log cabin with bark floors as there were at that time no sawmills in that locality soon our simple house was crowded to the utmost with relatives and friends looking for claims in this rare section of the state there was a scarcity of neighbors no schools nor places for church or holiday meetings it was years before i heard a sermon preached it was plain living in those years of self-denial only necessities could be gotten but soon all this changed. Neighbours began to settle near. All were willing to share, ever solicitous for the other. All were on the level, simplicity and cordiality prevailed. There were hardships, hard labour, and trials of many kinds, but these developed strength of character. All were in the prime of life, of strong manhood and joyous womanhood. How beautiful is youth! How fair it gleams! with its illusions aspirations dreams there were no complaints or murmurs children were welcomed gladly to my home came three before the oldest was four years old in eighteen fifty seven came the hard times indian corn was a staple food few things the farmer raised would bring money we went without many comforts heretofore deemed indispensable a little later this first home was sold AND ANOTHER IN A SOUTHERN COUNTY, BETTER ADAPTED TO CATTLE RAISING, WAS BOUGHT, AND THITHER WE MOVED. WITH A GOOD BEGINNING IN HORSES AND CATTLE, AND AN EXPERIENCE IN FARMING, BETTER THAN ALL ELSE, THE FUTURE HELD HIGH HOPES AND BRIGHT PROMISES. BUT, ALAS, FOR HUMAN EXPECTATIONS, THE CIVIL WAR COME. ALREADY ONE CALL HAD THINNED THE COUNTY OF THE YOUNGER AND UNMARRIED MEN. THE SECOND CALL SOUNDED. THE CALL WAS URGENT cease to consult the time of action calls war horrid war approaches to your walls all able-bodied patriots enlisted my husband among the number with a promise from the stay-at-homes to take care of the crops and look out for the interests of the family then came hardships and troubles to which pioneer life could not be compared i was obliged to see crops lost for lack of help to harvest them cattle and horses well-nigh worthless as there was no sale for them neither was their male help sufficient to cultivate the farm which went back to former wildness the government was months behind in paying the soldiers who at best received only a beggarly pittance one night alone with my children i was awakened by a knock on the window and a call hurry leave at once the indians are upon us scalping as they come With the little ones i fled across the fields to the nearest house a half mile away later to find this a false alarm another time the alarm was given and again it proved false but was no easier born for it was believed the truth all night long we were kept to the highest pitch of terror expecting every minute to hear the awful war whoop the night dragged on without this culmination my husband died just before the war closed His nurse at the hospital wrote me of his serious condition, and I started at once for the hospital in Louisville. There were no railroads in the country at that time. Stages and boats were the only means of reaching that point. To show the contrast between traveling then and now, it took me over two weeks to reach Louisville, and when I arrived at the hospital, found that my husband had been buried a week before my arrival. The nurses and officials at the hospital while exceedingly busy were most kind and sympathetic in relating to me pleasant recollections of my husband's last days i recall only two pleasant instances in the otherwise unhappy experience of our separation occasioned by the war these were the furloughs which brought him home one while he was stationed at fort snelling lasting for a few days and later when he was sent home for two or three months as a recruiting officer for his regiment does the luxurious life men and women of today enjoy develop character, consideration for others, generosity, and sympathy towards the less fortunate neighbor as did the trying pioneer days? If not, where lies the blame? What is the cure? End of Section 60 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida